Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we get to talk to a Philadelphia Eagles football legend, Vince Papali. Back in 2006, he was the inspiration for a Disney movie called Invincible. You guys, Vince's story is pretty crazy. As shown in the movie, Vince was a huge Eagles fan who had season tickets. Back in 1976, Vince had been a school teacher and was a part-time bartender. That year, the Eagles hired a new football coach who then offered fans a public trial at the stadium. And like any good Hollywood film, against all odds, Vince actually made the team and went on to play four seasons in the NFL. So what did he do with his season tickets? And what was his reaction to Mark Wahlberg playing him in the movie and Elizabeth Banks playing his wife? You guys, we can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Vince Papali. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. All right, Steph. This has been... Mind blowing. You said yes to us. My mind is blown right now. We're very excited about this. So excited, you guys. Well, friends, our next guest is an author, professional speaker, and a former Philadelphia Eagles legend. Back in 2006... He was the inspiration for the Disney movie called Invincible, which starred Mark Wahlberg playing him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to tell us a good story, Mr. Vince Papali. Papali! (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, we're so so excited. This is very good. I've got some good stories, too, so I can't wait. Well, Vince, okay. So first off, how many times at this point do you think you've seen the movie? Uh, Maybe 60, 70 times. Really? Yeah, you know it's on it, it's on the it's on the airlines now. So I, I I sort of like it's really soothing for me. I you know I could read or I could I could do whatever I'm doing while I'm flying. But you know it's it's on American, it's on Delta, and it works. And you know I, I it, if I'm if I'm watching TV or just surfing, there's one thing. One time I was surfing, there was this big hit that Wahlberg took, Mark Wahlberg. You yes. know he did such a great job. So what I did is I replayed it and I and I recorded it and I sent it to him. I and I said. Hey man, I said, are you still hurting from this hit? <laughs> seconds later, I got a FaceTime from him and here he was on the chiropractor's table and he said, see that guy right there? That's because of that hit. This was like 20 years later, right? So, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun and, you know, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't define who I am, but it, it, it really helps in terms of what I preach about. And, you know, that's about kindness and, and uh, treating everybody as if they're the most important person you've ever met and those kinds of things and and try to pass that on not only to my kids, but uh, those around me, you know, and it seems to be working really well. Okay. If you're on the airplane and you're watching your movie and somebody else is watching the same movie, do they know it's actually you sitting beside <laughs> yes. them? Well, uh, let me tell you something. This is this is pretty crazy. I was uh, I, I was on a flight and normally I fly with my wife, but I was on a flight that was I was by myself up against the window. I put the movie on and the guy's looking over at me like, look at this. And he's, he, had, I guess he saw some logo and he says, wait a minute, are you that guy? When you know it, that we wound up watching the movie together. So I've never seen anybody else watching it, but uh, it's oh, been fun. 
That's special. Okay. So back in the day when you found out that Mark Wahlberg was going to be playing you and then right. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks was going to be playing your wife. Right. Were you guys just like ecstatic? You have to tell you, we really didn't know much about them, you know, and Elizabeth, she, she just came on, you know, at the last minute and was absolutely perfect. There's a lot of ironies of it because she was, uh, she went to the University of Penn and my wife coached at the University of Penn and I really didn't know much about Mark Wahlberg. And, you know, my buddy does, though. And I, I said, guess who's playing me in the movie? And he was busting me. He said, probably Danny DeVito, you know. So <laughs> he's always sunny in Philadelphia. And, and I said, no, I said, Mark Wahlberg. And he says, oh, my, you know, he says, Rocco, you know, he says, you know, who you got playing you. And, and I said, no, he says, it, it's this Marky Mark from the Funky Bunch. <laughs> and, uh, so I really didn't know much about Mark, you know, other than um, oh, he had this great party. I mean, Giselle was there. Uh, she had just broken up with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Lindsay Lohan was there. All the guys from Friday Night Lights, the, the four brothers, they were all there. But, but with Mark, he says, you know, he says, I'm feeling a lot of pressure in this movie. I said, well, we mean pressure. It's just a football movie. There's not a lot of script. He said, no, I know that every day that I'm out there, that you're going to be on the set. And I just want to make you proud of me. And he, and he just is so gracious. He still is. We're still friends. Uh, stay in touch. Our kids have grown up. I'm looking right now at the scooter that he gave us that he rode around with during the filming of the movie with my kids on the back. Gabrielle was nine then, Vinny was six. You know, she's 29 now. He's six, he's 26. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's just so every day I'm reminded of it. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. Can you take us back, Vince, to the beginning of this whole story when right. the Philadelphia Eagles were holding a public tryout? Yes. Right. The, the the story the story has me as a part time bartender and a, a substitute teacher and that was really what I was doing at that particular time. I I, I went to St. Joe's College back then. It was university. I was a pole vaulter, and uh, I got a I got a scholarship. I, I I never pole vaulted before, and in my senior year, I turned on. I was a foot and a half off the world's record, and all the scholarships were given up at St. Joe's. Had one left, and they gave it to me. They said I was too small to play football because I was five seven, about one hundred sixty five pounds when I was 18 years old. So anyway, I was a track guy at St. Joe's and all of a sudden I grew and football was always my sport, but track, uh, that's what I was. I wound up becoming captain and I would do five, six events, every dual meet. And eventually that led to the decathlon. But so when I got out of St. Joe's, uh, I got a teaching job at my alma mater in suburban Philadelphia, Interborough high school. And I became the head track coach at 22 assistant football coach. And then I started working in my master's degree in counseling. Now, these are kids that all from my neighborhood that okay. I was teaching, and I wanted to make an impact on them. But in the meantime, I was trying to qualify for the Olympic trials in the decathlon and also playing in these rough touch bar leagues. And, and, and But anyway, to make the long story short, um, they had the tryout, and I, I decided to take the run at it. I got a leave of absence from Interborough, my school. So I was a part-time bartender, substitute teacher, uh, trying to get ready. And um, I popped a, I popped a four five forty, And after it was all over, coach Ramil got me, actually, we were in the, um, we were in the, in the elevator in the veteran stadium. And he says, Hey man, you know, you just ran a four five and where'd you play your college football? And I did it. And I said, temple. And, <laughs> and, and I was 30 years old. He said, how old are you? I said, 25. And he said, Oh, he said, well, you did a great job. You look good out there, Vin. And then he said, good luck to you. And then 15 minutes later, I'm told to get up to the executive offices. And right after that tryout was over, I got a uh, I got a $21,000 contract to play really? 
Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, the caveat, that was April. And training camp was July, right before July 4th, believe it or not. And it was the bicentennial year. And uh, I wound up every day working out at the stadium with Roman Gabriel, who was an all-pro quarterback for the Rams, and also some guys from the baseball team, Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton. And they had a trainer who took me under his wing, Gus Huffling. And so I trained every day with Roman Gabriel. And when we got to training camp, I was his favorite target. And I kept showing up on film. So it worked out pretty cool. I have so many questions. You were 5'7 in high school. You grew right. to 6'2, right? By the end of my freshman year, I grew that much. I was 6'2, about a buck 85 running. Uh, well, Billy White Shoes Johnson was known as one of the fastest uh, fastest guys in the NFL. And I raced him head to head in a 100 yard dash and he beat me by a stride. So really? that's, a, yeah, that's the kind of speed I had. All right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, Obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. (laughs) Yes. Nailed it. Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where. But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas. Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want. And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Okay, so you sign the contract, you're working out in Vets Stadium, right, with Mike Schmidt and everybody, because you're in the same stadium, right. but you're not guaranteed a spot, right? So you no, st- no guarantees. You still have to make the team right. in July. Right. Okay, so, so what's it like then when you're one of these borderline guys, right, where every cut, are you sweating bullets? Mm, are you not yes. looking? Are you not looking at coaches? Like, how does that work in an NFL training camp when you're, well, you know, you're concerned? The movie, they, they, they did a great job in the movie. And the movie, by the way, was produced by Mark Giardi and Gordon Gray, who did Miracle and Rookie with yes. Disney before they did our movie. And, and the executive producer was Ken Mock, who created America's Next Top Model. And he's the one that took the risk and got a spec script written that got in the hands of Mark and, and Gordon. And then they took it to Disney because they'd already done two blockbusters with them. So that's how they picked that up. They did a great job in that portrayal of the Turk. You know, the guy that comes, coach wants to see you bring your playbook. And, and me sitting already there on the bed, you know, with my bag packed and uh, and waiting. And then you see the shadow. I mean, it was just the imagery was how they did it. It was really great. And there I was. And yeah, I sweated out. I sweated out every cut. But, you know, I, I could feel my confidence growing. Uh, every practice we go, the, the practice field that was Widener University where we had training camp, eight miles from where I grew up. The stands was filled with my dad and all his buddies from Westinghouse, my guys <laughs> I played semi-pro ball with, my teachers, the, 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 the students I had, the kids I coached. Every time I caught a pass, they would scream. Oh, my gosh. Would, and, and, and then Vermeil would turn around, Coach Vermeil. I don't want to be disrespectful to my coach I love so much. He would turn around and there I am with a little smile on my face <laughs> jogging back to the huddle, you know, and I never walked. I never walked. I always, and, and it, the, the, you know, it was full pads, always full pads uh, in the nineties, high humidity, but that was my track training and, and my decathlon training. You know, I was prepared. I, and, and I knew how to get myself ready for that. So I was always running and it took notice. And then finally I wound up leading the team in, in receptions and touchdowns. Uh, in that preseason. And I would have been really, really disappointed if I got cut. Yeah, after that. I had a big game against the Miami Dolphins in the Orange Bowl. And after the uh, after it was over, Coach Ramil showed a highlight of me from the night before after we got back to Philly. And he said, this guy has no right to even be on the field, but he's probably going to make the team. Oh. And, wow. 
And two weeks later, he comes up to me on the sideline as we're getting ready to play the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't even know I had made the team yet. And, uh, and and he says, hey, congratulations, old man. He says, you're a Philadelphia Eagle. Welcome to the team. And I went nuts. Absolutely. <laughs> I got goose pimples just telling the oh. story. So, and I said, coach, can you do me a favor? I said, can I make a phone call? <laughs> yeah. He says, what are you, you going to make? A, yeah, press conference already? I said, no, 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 no. I want to call my dad. So just like Rudy, you know, remember we made that call? Yes. Well, and that's why we couldn't use that. And it was called a Rudy moment. And so I, I got on the phone and I had a collect call. And I and, and the guy's name is Slim, Slim Kaufman. I said, um, it's a collect call from Vince Papelli for Mr. Slim Kaufman. Well, yeah, 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 I'll take the call. And and he said, well, and I said, Slim, tell Kingy, that's my dad's nickname. His little boy is a Philadelphia Eagle. And you could hear him in the background, Kingy, Kingy, we did it, we did it. And everybody was going crazy in the background. And we partied for about 48 straight hours. <laughs> it was, it was good. And that but and that bar is a real bar. It's still there. It's right right around the corner from where I grew up. And I stop by there all the time when I'm down by that's right by the Philly airport. So you're literally in your uniform. Why you're making the phone call yes, to your dad? Yes, yes, yes. And then, then I'm going back and I'm looking up. I'm looking up into the stands and I'm seeing where my season tickets are in the nosebleeds, and thinking, <laughs> "Where will they see me now? It's going to be crazy." And our first game was against the Cowboys, and they sort of dramatized that to make it look like I choked a little bit, but I didn't. But that was okay. You know, they have to make that kind of stuff going on, especially in Act One. But uh, you know, I had a pretty good game, and then the next game. I, I, I made the big hit at the end. I had I actually had three solos and and four set fumble that turned into winning touchdown, and that was it. And then, you know, it's, 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 you know what I'll tell you what it's like. It's like watching my son right now. I bet because he's a fan favorite in Memphis. He's playing for the Memphis Showboats in USFL, and I got the most pride in the world the other day after the game was over. He was lined up against the wall, lifting up, and there's there's people that they've got they've they've got signs that are saying "Invincible too, Vinny Papelli, number thirteen. Aww. And he's signing away, and it just it made my heart feel so good. And yeah, you know, I I I actually started crying. I <laughs> that I said it's so this is so cool. It's just you, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you can't even imagine as a dad how proud I am of of him and and my daughter Gabriella. So it's it's I, so cool. Okay, I want to go back to your season tickets because you had season tickets right. forever. Ten years. What what happened to those season tickets? Like, did you <laughs> get you upgraded? Made, you did your the friends team? upgrade? That's a great question. Steph, I like that's a good one. Nobody ever asked me that. That's the first question I asked Jimmy Murray, the GM, when he signed my contract. I said, Do I have to give up my season tickets? <laughs> he, says, he says, You maybe want to hang on to them for a little bit until you make the roster, then we'll give you two and you can do whatever you want with the other ones, but you'll get two free ones. So uh, I did give them up and I, and I gave them to my dad. My mom never saw me play. Um, she, she was suffering from anxiety and paranoia, mental illness. So a, a great athlete in her day back in the thirties, but uh, she never got a chance to see me play, but my dad and would bring my sister and, uh, and, and then my boys, you know, the guys from the movie, they were, they were, they, they were the real deal. And uh, they were all together and I'd just be pointing up at them, you know, so that when I pointed up, that's who I was pointing it to. So that's a phenomenal question. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Can you tell Seth the story of how the movie actually took place? Right. Because Uh you mentioned it a little bit, but can you talk about the story of how the NFL did a story on you that aired on Monday Night Football? That's right. How it went from there. Yeah. 
Well, I was always known as, as, as the real life Rocky. And, and I loved the movie Rocky. To me, it's on Rushmore it's and Miracle. Yes. You know, you put Rocky and Miracle, there, there are two of the, the top movies ever. Because Miracle, especially with USA, USA. Mm -hmm. But it's 2002, the movie Rocky's turning 25 years old, and I'm doing marketing and sales for doing very, very well in wholesale mortgages. And I get a call from the NFL Films, which is just right down the road from me in suburban New Jersey then. And they said, we'd like to do a feature on you comparing you to Rocky on Monday Night Football. What? <laughs> Would you, we have your permission. So next thing you know, my kids are there. You know, they're hearing this. I said, oh, my, you're not going to believe what, you know, I'm telling the kids this. And, uh, and so anyway, they do the feature. They show it on Monday Night Football, Eagles versus 49ers. And it was called Distant Replay, Stuart Scott, the great late Stuart yes. Scott. And Ron Jaworski, my teammate, they were the hosts of Monday Night Football back then. And they introduced this piece. Again, it's on YouTube. You can see it. And that piece led to the movie the next day, Hollywood's Calling. And then Ken Mock was the one that we chose as the producer. I actually had a couple producers in Philadelphia that turned it down. It says, ah, it'll go nowhere. I mean, I had two of them. I could, I could name their names. I'd never do it. And uh, so we, we got uh, Ken Mock, again, America's Next Top Model. He brought in uh, Brad Gann. He wrote a spec script. I went out to California with Janet because Janet was on the U.S. Olympic uh, Gymnastics uh, Board, you know, and she was there. So we were out there looking at the Olympic trials. That's the other story. Yeah. And uh, I meet these guys for the first time. I did everything over the phone. I met them and we re rewrote the script then. And uh, there it happened. And then Mark Wahlberg becomes me, Elizabeth. And, it's just, and Greg Kinnear is Dick Vermeil. He nailed Vermeil. Nailed him. <laughs> yeah, he went to Kansas City in training camp and got all his mannerisms down. First time I saw him coming out of makeup after he, they, they put a hair weave and all that stuff on both him and Mark, I thought it was really Dick Vermeil. You know? Wow. I, and, you know, I had, I got director's chairs. All four of us, we have director's chairs that we still have in our Philly house. Oh, that, that's that awesome. Them, you know, which is so cool. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's that, but that story. So anyway, uh, and then, so 2004, uh, Disney buys it. 2005, Mark becomes me. And right uh, at the 4th of July, right at, for two weeks prior to the 4th of July, 2005, we started filming the movie and we filmed it all the way through to Halloween. Everything was shot in Philadelphia. It was supposed to be shot in New York. And then we shot a week in Dallas. All those cowboy scenes were at Texas Stadium and, and Jerry Jones played a little trick on us with my kids, which is pretty funny. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about forget it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Vince. So for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts so people know what you've done, what you've accomplished. Steph doesn't know any of these. Okay, So you've actually stolen a few of my okay. fun facts that I have on my list here on the stories you shared. <laughs> but please keep me honest. So if any of these are wrong, please let me know. All right. So fun fact number one about Vince, having played just a single year of football in high school mm -hmm. and none at all in college, like he mentioned, Vince started playing football in the Delaware County Rough Touch League, which he mentioned mm -hmm. a few minutes ago before later going on to play semi-professional football and then NFL football. So Vince, what 
was the Rough Touch League? Because that sounds like a fight waiting to happen, quite honestly. That sounds awful. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just a bunch of us wild guys and the same thing in the semi-pros. There were all these guys, and we knew each other from their names. And, you know, Delaware County, that's where we were. It's called Delco now. You know, I have my Delco head around here somewhere. And Delaware County, it's all these little bars. And I played for three or four teams. And oh, wow. It, yeah, but the one, the big one was on Thursday night. And I was a school teacher at Interborough the next day. So uh, there was always an EMT there and there was always a cop there. And we played right behind <laughs> we right behind a bar called the T-Bar. And the field was only 80 yards long. And, and there were three posts on either side. So there were six posts. I think three plus three still equals six in today's match. <laughs> and uh, a little shot there. Um, I said I wouldn't do that. So, uh, And so that would break down. And there was always a fight. But it was just a fight fight. You know, it's just guys from the neighborhood. But somebody would get hurt. Somebody wind up in the hospital. The losing team had to go to the winning team's bar and buy. Okay. And that was it. But, you know, and, and so it was it was a fun thing, but it was real. And I did it for a couple of years. I didn't do it in the movie as it showed. I did it before one of the games. I didn't do that. I'm not that okay. tough. You know, and we're talking the 60s and 70s. Everything went. This was it was a great time to grow up. I don't think I've ever grown up. That's the problem. <laughs> Steph, I love how Vince is like, oh, it was no big deal. It was just a fight fight. But, yeah. Like, the ambulance was there. Ambulance was there. Oh, it was totally, <laughs> totally under control. All right, Steph. Next fun fact. So Vince made his first NFL team, like you said, in 1976 at the age of 30 years old. Well, wait, when did the coach find out you were 30? That's going to be my question. Oh, so- great. He, I don't, he never mentioned it. And I don't <laughs> think, you know, and he never mentioned me not playing college football. I don't know if he ever remembered the conversation. That's a good question. You know what? I'm going to be with the coach in a couple of weeks because Ron Jaworski is having a golf outing um, at the end of June. And I'm going to be coming back to Philadelphia that he's raised over millions for the United Way and kids and youth groups. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to be with coach. I'm going to ask him that question. You, Steph. you need to. So All right. Vince is still the oldest rookie in NFL history outside of punters and kickers. Oh, that's awesome. Incredible. Okay. So next fun fact. So while playing for the Eagles, Vince was voted special teams captain by his teammates, earned Eagles man of the year in 1978 was honored by the Eagles and their fans as the franchise's most outstanding special teams player during the 75th anniversary celebration of the team. So, Vince, in three seasons, you accomplished a lot, mm-hmm. right? What's been one of your biggest pinch me moments? Was it your first NFL game? Was it seeing yourself on film? Oh, right? what, what's been the biggest good. pinch me moment? I, I think it was the adoration of the fans after that first home game that we had against the New York Giants. I had a couple singles. And, and and broke the you know broke the ball open at the end to sort of help win the game for us and the reaction of the team and the reaction of the fans and I got invited to my first team party and that's when I felt really accepted and I'm sitting at, in a party afterwards and I'm with Roman Gabriel I'm with Harold Carmichael I'm with guys that I've watched from the stands for years and I've idolized and I've adored and they've embraced me. And then mm. the, the next best was being voted captain of the team. That was one of the older my son Vinny. Uh, has been voted captain of the offensive team for for the showboats. There's so many parallels that are going on there. And then um, and then the other one, the, the man of the year thing uh, was very special. And I wound up a finalist with Archie Manning and Roger Staubach out in Chicago. And to be what? there, that, that was wow. pretty cool. And I got a fourth season in uh, injured. I, I I blew both my shoulders out in, in my fourth preseason. And because of that, 
I got a pension, and that's the ultimate last laugh. So <laughs> I got four years the fourth uninjured reserve. Wait, how did you blow your shoulders out? Oh, just being stupid. I was going to say a fight in the rough touch league, <laughs> yeah. Kind of that, right? Yeah, in practice, <laughs> I was diving for a football that I shouldn't have dove for, you know, but that was always me. And I came on the point. I separated this, and it got to be after the third season. I got surgery on it, and then I came back the next preseason game, having a great game against the original Baltimore Colts in Municipal Stadium. Coach Ramil says, Vinny, I've seen all I need. I said, Coach, he says, you had four catches, touchdown. He says, You're, you've had it. I said, one more, please, just one more, because uh, they were taking some cheap shots at me as as the cover guy. And I said, I want to get this guy. Well, I got him, but I separate, I dislocated my shoulder because oh, no. I probably separated my right shoulder making another hit. So I was walking on the sideline with a separated right, a dislocated left. Oh, no. Otto David says, here, bite on this. And then he just put his foot right here in my, and pulled it back in. And that was it. So it's okay. If I had it to do over again, I wouldn't change the thing. So here's a movie fun fact, all right? In the movie, there's a famous scene when Mark Wahlberg is running down the sideline mm -hmm. on special teams. Yep. A Giants player comes in and just clocks him, mm -hmm. knocks him down, okay? In real life, this was actually a football player at the nearby University of Delaware. He was not supposed to touch Mark Wahlberg in this scene, let alone knock him down. So he knocks him down, and then as a result of this, the player is told to immediately leave the set. Gone. And then that scene actually makes the film. Uh -huh. and it's a very, very famous scene. So Vince, were you there at the yeah, set? Yeah, I was the there. Day? And guess what? That guy was okay. Oh, he was? They didn't kick him off the set. He didn't know it was Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg, oh. Wahlberg and this is, this is crazy. Here's what happened. That was supposed to be a cutaway, and they were going to use a body double. There were four or five other body doubles, and they were going to use a body double. This guy didn't know that Mark had told the director. He says, I don't want anybody to know I'm going to do this play. So this guy from the University of Delaware, he just ripped him, and he didn't know that it was Mark. So he was okay. But he was so upset, he thought he was going to get gone. <laughs> it was one of the, was, you know, to me, it just showed me how tough that sucker is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we, we still laugh about it. But he he said, don't cut away. I, I don't want to have the double. And then you have me, you know, picking myself up afterwards. And they kept it rolling in slow motion. Yes. And, and it was one of the best scenes ever. All right. Next fun fact, Steph. Vince is married. To a former U.S. World Team gymnast, Janet Papali, and they have two children, Gabriella and Vincent. Mm -hmm. First off, your family beautiful is gorgeous. Oh my gosh, they're such a good-looking family. I mean, in their twenties, such a good-looking family. Mm -hmm. But Gabriella, she was a cheerleader at Syracuse, and his son Vinny is playing wide receiver for the Memphis Showboats of the USFL. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, they are not missing one of his games. Yeah. So no, no, I'm going to be going to Canton, Ohio, and then uh, out to Memphis a couple more times. And at this point, they just won four in a row after having lost three in a row. And Vinny's doing quite well, both on special teams and whatever. Okay. And the irony there is, I scored a touchdown in a Hall of Fame game in '78 against the Miami Dolphins, and I'm going to see my son playing on the same field that I played in about 45 You're years. right. The parallels are amazing. Uh, it's pretty scary. If I showed you a picture of him coming off the line in high school and me coming off the line when I was playing for the Eagles, him in high school in 2011 and me back in 76, 
you'd have swore if you put switched uniforms, you would have thought that that was still that same person. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing. Well, Steph, Vince and Vinny, same exact height as well. Oh, really? Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, gravity got a little bit of me, plus a little sway. I look like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You know, one of my uh, whatever is broke down in the back, but I'm okay. But yeah, Vinny was we're same height and, and you know pretty much the same speed, six two two. But I have some of that. I have some of that in, infamous veteran stadium turf that I use as my oh. max to come into our house. It's pretty cool. Vince, I can't imagine playing at Veteran Stadium. That I mean, the turf. That was sick. Yes, the turf is known for being like one of the worst fields ever. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. on concrete. Yeah, it was. Well, it was literally concrete. You know, it was just a piece of AstroTurf. It's not this field turf now with a with all the the uh, the grains of, of rubber in there, rubberized. And um, and all it was was about a half inch of foam just right on at, on asphalt. What? Yes, that's what's that's on top. Did, yeah. So tell me why you dislocated your shoulder and yeah, I think biggest, I understand. The biggest problem, Steph, was getting all the burns on your elbows and your knees. And then, you know, they would never heal. And oh. you know, they were always seeping. And sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night or the next morning and your sheet would be stuck to your elbow or your knee. And <laughs> Oh, that's true. You'd have carpet burns all over your body. Yeah, oh, yeah. second, third degree burns. Yeah. So you, you know, they had to keep them moist to heal them, right? So they, you know, and I, I never wore elbow or knee pads. You know, I mean, you know, I wanted to stay light. I, you yeah. know, I could get that guy downfield. So, I, you know, the extra quarter pound, you know, you never know. Could Slow you down. <laughs> that's what you know in a movie just like that i wore shoulder i wore, I wore quarterback shoulder pads you know like the guy says what are you doing is it going to make a difference and i said well hey to track guy it would yeah, yeah. like this yeah, yeah. That's, so light. that's right absolutely so, you know and i was i was pole vaulting just coming out of high school at 14 6 the world's record was 16 i never pole vaulted before the pits back then were sawdust they didn't have foam pits so I'm dropping from 14, 15 feet after I clear the bar in the sawdust. Into a pile of sawdust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. The track coach would be like, Stephanie, this is you. I would walk over to the sawdust. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, can you imagine if our kids did that? Like this rough touch league, pole vaulting into sawdust. Like oh, like all this stuff he's doing. What the? Back then. That's you know, what I was just going to say. That was normal. Too soft. Yeah. Like, this is Americana, right? Well, we, drank, we drank water out of a freaking hose for crying out loud, you know? Now, oh, my God, I can't drink tap water. Everything's got to be filtered. I, when my sister-in-law was over the house the other day, I can't drink tap water. I said, did you ever drink out of a hose? <laughs> well, you know, and it was, we don't have those safety zones now. You know, here's here's what really concerns me about our youth right now is because they are being rewarded for mediocrity. Yes. And it, it's concerning me. Thank God my kids are beyond that. But I, I could tell you that if my kids were in grammar school right now or middle school, they'd be hearing me a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, you don't need a participation trophy. Oh, it's my gosh. Trophy. Yes. You know, yes. you, you learn more from losing than you do from winning. I mean, that's, that's Janice Big saying. The other one is, you know, you got to learn how to move out of your comfort zone. And uh, it's just changed so much. And I feel so bad for parents and for these kids, you know, those who want to go to that next level and, and succeed. I, I just the other day spoke in in Charlotte at a graduation ceremony at Davidson College. And what a great, yes. what, a, what, a, what a thrill it was to do that and to have them and, and the respect that they showed me and, and the way the parents were. You know, that's the way that's the way I think our children should be taught. So 
Yeah. Amen to that, Vince. You know, with our kids, yeah, we're not lowering the bar. There it is. You can't lower that bar, and we're doing that. You know, and then you know, and the safe zones and all that stuff. Come on, you know, let them grow up. You know, let them feel a little pain. You know, that's. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying physical pain. I'm not a masochist, yeah. but every once in a while, their their feelings will get hurt. Yeah, you know, it's not about how many likes you have or whatever it might be. You know, reality is facing somebody and and analyze, adapt, and achieve. Yes. What went on? That's but this is the last thing I talk about when I when I'm speaking. I show the, the final scene in the movie, and that's all about analyze, adapt, and achieve. That's a great point, Vince. When that movie came out, mm. how did your life change? Right? I'm I can't imagine how upside down. Did it, people just start immediately calling you, wanting you to speak professionally, yep. share your story? How did that change your life? Oh, it's phenomenal. You get guys like Ruben Gonzalez, our friend, yes. right now. And I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out there in Colorado Springs uh, right before the fourth. We've already done this and speaking to the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And I travel around the country, travel around the world. I've been knighted by the Italian Parliament. I'm actually a cavaliere, and uh, that's pretty wild. And here's the thing about the movie: it's it's so multi generational that young kids can watch it and they can see because there's nothing in it that it would offend anyone. You know, I'm not going to have anybody that's going to be protesting over this movie. And it teaches a very valuable lesson that if you want to have that dream come true, you better be willing to pay the price and make the sacrifices, but it can happen. And be nice to everybody, you know, and be gentle and be kind. And that's the thing that I admire the most about my children, my wife, Janet. We pride ourselves in being a team Look, I was 47 when Gabby was born, my first children. I mean, everybody had to do a DNA test just to make sure that was my child. You know? <laughs> and, and I was 50 when Vinny was born. You can do the math. But man, they, they've changed my life too. You know, just they're, they're just so energetic, you know, and they've always been competitive and playing sports and, you know, being successful and whatever they've done. And, and they've done really quite well. And I'm so, so very, very proud of them. And should be. Mm-hmm. Steph, what is one of the most asked questions we get about tell us a good story? Uh, do I really get that excited? <laughs> Besides that one. Oh, how do we get all these incredible guests? Correct. Yes. And some of our best conversations have been with guests who our listeners have reached out to us and said, you should talk to this person. To name just a few, Nick Vujicic, Coach Tom Ryan, Carol Mutika were all recommendations from our listeners. So if there's someone you would like us to interview and think they might be a great fit for Tell Us a Good Story, please let us know at kevinandsteph.com. You don't even have to personally know them. True, but do me a favor. Before you submit their names, please make sure they are still alive. <laughs> That has actually happened, and it is super hard for me to find their contact information. But regardless, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, final fun fact. Today, Vince electrifies audiences and is one of the top motivational speakers in the country. So, Vince, can you talk a little bit more about what you do today and even your new podcast with your daughter, Gabbing with Invincible? Well, I did the podcast with Gabrielle, and so we're, we've got that about once every two weeks. And so we're doing that. And uh, for me, you know, I, I, I go out and I'm doing a lot of charity work. You know, my favorite charity is the Travis Mannion Foundation. My friend across the street is Colonel Tom Mannion, and he's a gold star father. And they have a, a travismannion.org. You've got to go see it. That, that's phenomenal. And all the speaking. Just came back from Austin, Texas, talking to military and that's totally changed my life. And it's all about overcoming obstacles, what it takes to be invincible, and how to be an invincible team. 
VinceFrancari.com. That's how you get a hold of me. (laughs) Well, listeners, for more information about Vince, like he just said, you can go to his website, VincePapali.com. Also, his Instagram page is at VincePapali83. If you go to his website, Steph, this is very cool. You can book Vince to speak at an event. He has an online store where you can get movie DVDs and merchandise. And also, he gladly accepts autograph requests for personal items. You can send him a personal item with a self-paid return envelope, and he'll sign your items for you. Oh, I love that. That's the post office box I go once a week, and I get a few items, and I just open up a bunch of them there, you know, and some of them are from kids, and, you know, they'll they'll be scribbling. It's just so nice, so cool, you know, the parents get them to do that. And that's it. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy when your wildest dream comes true. But the other one, it's that make a difference today with tomorrow in mind. But the most important thing for me right now, and I'm so proud of, is I hope they're going to say at the end in my tombstone, he made an impact and he put a smile on people's faces. And I like to do that. And that's why I taught school and I coached because it were my coaches and teachers that had such an impact on my life as as I'm going through puberty and junior high school, my mother's in and out of a mental hospital, had a couple nervous breakdowns, you know, electric shock, insulin shock. Not pretty. And, you know, my dad on strike all the time. You know, it was not easy. And we could have used our past as an excuse for failure. But the way that I look at it is you use that as an impetus to say, you know what, in spite of that all, I can do it as long as I persevere. We paid the price. And that's what I try to teach everybody. Regardless of the age, there's potential to do something different. And and there's a message right there. Well, Vince, thank you so very much. Amazing. I'll tell you what, I hope I look like you. At your age, Vince. I'll tell you what. My gosh. I hope he looks like you too at your age. Hey, you know what? You're only as pretty as you feel. So uh, I'm starting to work out again, and it's pretty cool. Got the summer coming. I get that beach body ready. Yes, you do. You're in Florida. Yeah, I got to get in uh, swimsuit weather, right? Well, I got one right there in my backyard. So (laughs) good. Vince, thank you so much. Love you guys. You were awesome. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thank you. You are an invincible team. Vince Capali just said I just made I just made my name. That was it. Thanks, Vince. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.